Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hi, I'm Joe Connolly, business news reporter at WCBS New York with Ian Weinberg, a certified financial planner and founder of FamilyWealth.com on Long Island, New York, who will give you ideas about ways to save your business, if that's what you're facing, because the disruptions and the closings have gone on for so long, a lot of people are running out of time and funds to keep their business going. (coughs) Producer Neil A. Caruso will join us in this discussion, too. Ian, first of all, what are one or two things that business owners should know if they are near to losing their business or facing bankruptcy? So there are a tremendous range of options that have been increased, extended, or added uh, in uh, the new stimulus package. And there are businesses out there that are on the verge of closing for so many different reasons one of the biggest ones I found is that they weren't prepared for the um, the speed required to get access to funding the first round uh, when the early stimulus package came out back right. in the spring. So I'd like to help make people aware of the fact that they need to prepare to be eligible and to be able to get accepted into the new PPP round two. Uh, Also know more about extended EIDL opportunities. That's Uh, economic injury disaster loan, which has also been expanded, right? Correct. Right. And also to know about the change in the tax regulations that were not clear with PPP one versus PPP two and it dovetails back, it goes retro to PPP-1. Um, That's a very big deal, too. A lot of people didn't even go for PPP-1 because they thought that their expenses that um, they would be laying money out for if they got PPP money and then they were making payroll, that they wouldn't be able to deduct that payroll expense. Some of them didn't even bother. If a business owner has filed for bankruptcy or is about to, can they get one of these second rounds of PPP loans to possibly get them into spring or summer? So the answer is, in all likelihood, yes. The um, They can apply for PPP, too. And 
if they're in bankruptcy, the bankruptcy court would have to approve it. If they're not in bankruptcy, and this is a solution to keeping them out of bankruptcy, by all means. There are a lot of state, city, county, business improvement, district, even community organization grants and loans that are available. And they have not gotten as much attention as they should because everything's been so focused on the virus and PPP. Right. Uh, there's, there are a lot of options out there. I sometimes have told people on the radio, call your local or city hall to find out about some of these. How can they find out about these many less publicized funding options that might be available to them? Yeah, the, the, the Small Business Administration, mm -hmm. their, their website goes into, uh, a, then you type in your address and it gives you the local website. And the local website lists resources in addition to PPP and federal programs, they list resources like grants and loans available in your local regions. And, and I know that those have been useful for people that were on the verge of, of, of going under. They couldn't get PPP, uh, but they got somewhere between ten dollars and $50,000 in the first round, in the first go around, and that was a big deal. What are your clients telling you, those who are in trouble or getting into trouble? So the ones that are in trouble um, are the ones that didn't anticipate trouble, which is unfortunate. Um, the ones that anticipated trouble immediately began cutting staff, cutting expenses, communicating with clients, vendors, suppliers, um, trying to renegotiate terms of accounts receivable, accounts payable, um, landlords, um, you know, renegotiating leases, extending leases. Um, those family businesses that we manage for and we advise, they've stayed afloat and they stayed in close contact with their CPAs, their bankers, and they were able to access almost every financing option for their business. The ones that are still in trouble are sort of like the mom and pops that I know that um, were all cash businesses, had nothing digital, no online business. Um, a, a restaurant that didn't have curbside takeout, didn't have a digital ordering system. You couldn't order online and pick up. Um, they don't take credit cards. Uh, they, um, their accountant wasn't on top of what they needed to do to qualify for PPP. Those businesses are hanging on by a thread if they're still hanging on. And number one, they should be evaluating, you know, whether they should just shut down completely. Uh, two, they could be evaluating whether they should go, you know, look through the bankruptcy process and see if that's beneficial. And three, now that there's new financing, I think it, it, it's a new lifeline to say, wait a minute, maybe we can make this work. What do we need? Neil? Yeah, Ian, it's, you have a small business owner come to you, and obviously there's so many options on the table, but right now there's a second wave. There's a lot of uncertainty. How have those pivots played out for them, and is it viable long term? So if you're a restaurant and you can – Bring yourself into this century in terms of thought process, technology, um, survival, 
you can you can make it if you figure out how you can model your business after let's say chipotle um or uh you know numerous restaurants that are very good at doing curbside that are very good at doing um takeout with an online processing system um i'd rather see somebody invest in a methodology where they can transform their business so they can be a covid proof business or a covid resistant business going forward as opposed to saying oh you know let's build out a whole new restaurant now because um we're going to figure out an attractive way to get people in the door you're not getting people in the door right now how you have some of the people. most successful business owners that you advise what have they done uh to yeah. stay afloat what are they doing right now sure so so one business that we we work with was a catering business and they were very large and very successful and all of a sudden catering events dried up they're gone there are no catering events right now um they were able to land a government contract with with new york city to feed the homeless wow interesting so what how has that been beneficial to their is that a branding thing is that are they able to get government funding for doing that they got government funding so they 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 focus their efforts from catering to for-profit organizations and parties and events to to identifying a need where the city had to feed people, the city had to pay for that food and the vendor service to do it. And they were um, fortunate enough to find out about it and they went after it, they pivoted, they put their hat in the ring for the government contract and they were awarded it. Have owners that you know, Ian, gone into their retirement funds or their home equity? Sure. And, and is, is that a good idea? Tell us about that. It's not a good idea if you're trying to keep a business alive that's going to die anyway. You know, why would you want to start tapping your personal assets to do that if you haven't evolved, if your advisors and your accountants and your lawyers and your bankers haven't helped you identify a strategy to survive and then to grow in this COVID era? Um, and, you know, if you're not capable of pivoting, no, I wouldn't go and touch those personal assets. I would I'd close the business. Have you told any of your clients to close if, you know, the, the future is just bleak for them? Fortunately, we've been prepared. Um, their other advisors have been prepared, their CPAs. Um, but I know local businesses that I don't. I, it's not appropriate for me to say, hey, Joe, Neil, you should shut your 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 broadcast business down. Right. But it's their baby. If they ask me what we should do, I would say, well, let's look at your numbers. What, what kind of money does the business have left in it? What kind of revenue is the business taking in? What is the business? What are the business expenses today? And if you're going to be running at a deficit for the next two years and your business, you haven't been able to pivot in your business, you haven't been able to evolve you know, you, 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 you might want to shut it down. If these loans are going to enable you to cover your costs and keep you afloat, I have no problem with taking advantage of the PPP or EIDL or other financing programs. <clears throat> but are you doing it to keep a business alive that's probably going to die anyway? Right. But are some doing completely new 
areas? I mean, yeah. are you having clients come to you and actually make an extreme pivot to a totally different line of business? And yeah. are they finding new revenue streams? Well, well, I'll give you the example. We have another client that's in the event business. And um, early on, they identified that events weren't going to be run live anymore. Um, and they used to raise, they'd raise money for charities. Let's say they would do a million dollar event for a charity. The charity would bring in a million dollars. It was at a banquet hall. So it cost the charity $500,000 to do the event. And the charity broke, you know, netted a half a million dollars. Um, that same charity has figured out and the event planner figured out who's very wise that these charities, this was back in the spring, should not do their live events. And this is when things were iffy with COVID. Oh, maybe things will open, maybe things won't. And they realized that going to a digital platform for their events, digital cocktail parties, digital fundraisers, um, digital celebrity events, uh, they, they were still able to raise a million dollars and their overhead for the event was less than $200,000 because they didn't have to do the banquet hall, the catering, the, the staff on site, the liabilities. And they're finding that going digital really helped them leverage their resources. And the charity made $800,000 instead of a half a million on the same event that people would have showed up to in black tie and tux. We're hearing that a lot, that businesses and nonprofits are finding that holding these events online is so much less expensive. Yes. I, I, I wonder if some of these aspects will last. I mean, at some yes. point, yes. people will want to go to the event again. Yes. Uh, but it, it's, it, it's funny you mention that because several people have mentioned to me lately they're doing this new thing, and gee, it's actually less trouble and, and more profitable. But I don't know if that'll last forever. <laughs> let's let's take let's take the event planning business as an example that I just mentioned. I've been to charity events. Charity events and a lot of other businesses have already been doing this and evolving before this ever happened, and they didn't know it because let's say 20% of the uh, attendees couldn't come to the event. You've seen live auctions on, on, on video, you know, um, structures before with charities, um, texts, emails, zoom, all of these things were being done. They just were being done at like 10% of what the business was garnering it was done digitally. Um, restaurants always had good ones, had a takeout platform and an ordering platform online already that arrangements with Grubhub and those other, other businesses like Uber Eats. So this business, um, basically stepped up and took advantage. And what it shows is you've got to be a chameleon when you run a business, you need to have a hybrid model, a hybrid methodology to say, Hey, Joe, Neil, we're going to prepare for the, the worst. We're going to hope for the best. But we're going to prepare for the worst. The worst case is this virus sticks around. Another mutation evolves. Um, the best case is things clear up after the vaccine is, is well distributed and we don't have these problems. But life in business and life in general is never going to look the same. You and I are not going to stop doing Zoom calls and Zoom meetings. Normally, when we take clients on, and it's a very personal process. 
um, we're managing their life savings. We're managing their family wealth. We're managing and advising on everything that's important to them about finance. Um, it takes several in-person meetings. We meet with their other uh, people like their accountants and their attorneys. We, we've brought in three or four large families in the last few months, all via Zoom calls. Wow. Neil, one more question. Yeah, so you bring up, you know, you have people come in, they, they obviously are expressing their financial situation with you. Do you have anybody come in and say, you know, I see an opportunity out there. I see an opportunity to start yeah. a business right yeah. now. Because I'm reading a little bit about that, that yeah. some people say, you know what, this is actually a good time to invest in a business. I, is, are I, you seeing that? I couldn't agree with you more. Yes, you have to have the vision, but what you'll be doing if you're smart is structuring things this way, Neil. Okay. I'm, I'm in a business where, um, uh, I supply garments to the service industry, right? Uniforms for waitresses, waiters, um, chefs, staff, people. Um, it's not happening as fast as it was because there's not as much need for waitresses and waitress clothing, waiters clothing. But I can start looking at a pivot. And let's say that pivot is I'm going to start doing all the uniforms and furnishing for, for, for drivers, for Uber drivers, for FedEx drivers, for um, UPS drivers, for shipping businesses. I know the shipping business is getting huge. How can I take my business that's in the clothing business and help that evolve and get integrated uh, into this new economy? And if you're surviving in what you're doing, but you see that there's an opportunity to launch elsewhere, you can use these PPP funds to do some of that. You can use the EIDL funds to do some of that. It's okay. There's a 60-40 split on what you can use those loans for on PPP. And on EIDL, there's literally no restriction on what you can do, especially if you want to invest in technology. <clears throat> if you're going to start on a new business path, you're going to have to invest in technology today, whether it be just subscribing to Zoom or building out your whole platform to do something more like a Slack technology where you've got an operating platform, you're going to have to invest in technology. PPP and EIDL encourage that. What is the biggest mistake that you have seen business owners who see an opening in a new area make so that it doesn't work out for them even though they thought they were ready for it to work so it's 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 the old analogy you know you you see a nice retail space in a strip mall by you and all of a sudden it says italian restaurant coming soon so let's just take the evolution of that the restaurant owner signs a lease for 10 years. He puts up a large deposit and then he has to build out the restaurant. He doesn't know that any customers are going to come. Right. Can either of you guarantee that he's going to have customers? No. Nope. Brand new restaurant, right? Nobody knows it. <laughs> so he spends a half a million dollars to build out a custom kitchen, a brick oven, um, a, a beautiful dining room, the whole shebang. And then nobody comes. So he's sitting with he's sitting with a loss of close to a million dollars before he ever opened a business that didn't succeed. 
What was the mistake? You didn't test market somehow? It, it used to be if you stuck a good restaurant in a good strip mall in a good location, business would come. But you can't make that you can't make that assumption anymore. So so I don't I, I would say now your point is right, Joe. It's you you've got to do your research. Neil, if you want to get into a new business and you have an opportunity and you want to pivot, you've got to do your research. Also, you've got to go very much less capital intensive. You can't manage you millions and millions of dollars to a concept that's unproven. You can commit technology. You can leverage technology. You can outsource technology. You can outsource your staffing. And we, we could be running a business that's an investment banking firm right now, handling billions of dollars just like this, sitting in three Zoom calls. We don't need any more overhead. We don't need any buildings. We don't need um, you know, 5,000 lawyers uh, sitting in fancy offices and an executive cafeteria. We don't need that. So this, this evolution is going to be, is a great one. It's going to be even better because businesses will run lean and mean and they'll be much more efficient. And think about how easy it is for all of us to get things done now. So if you're going to go and pivot, Neil, Joe, you've got to pivot in a way where you realize that you're adding value to this economy and you're doing it with a business format that's very user friendly. People want to, people are used to now just sitting at home, getting on their keyboard, plugging and playing and ordering something and that's it. So you've got to be prepared if you're going to pivot. Yeah. Pivot where it's something that the new economy needs, that the new economy is going to welcome with open arms. And that is extremely user friendly. Ian, it has been so interesting to talk to you Thanks. and I, 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 I love talking to uh, CPAs and CFPs. And one thing I notice about you is that you seem to have mastered being unemotional about money. Are, are you are you as unemotional about money as you seem to be? Um, you know, uh, I would say it's taken a while. Um, <laughs> managing people's life savings, you know, you, you kind of need to make sure that that you know they know that you're here that your hand doesn't waver um but it hasn't come without experience that's for sure so thank you um it, it's it's important sure you need it's, to be you you can't be emotional about making an investment in a business you need to be pragmatic and you need to be a forward thinker just take take the lessons from what this has taught us and, and apply them it'll help your experience shows thank you uh, very you. much. Ian Weinberg, Certified Financial Planner and Founder of FamilyWealth.com. Great to know you. Thanks. Thank you, Ian. Great being here. Thank you for having me. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. 
Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 